Alrighty, welcome to Ramirez Records Podcast. Today we have on... Victoria Dowdy. How's it going, Victoria? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. So, um, yeah, I found you uh, from Crockett, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I think probably online, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and we sat next to each other in that uh, Memphis Listening Lab with, um, what was it, Matt, uh, Ross Bang, and mm-hmm. Jeff, what's his Powell? Jeff Powell, mm-hmm. yeah, they were talking about vinyls, and that was really cool. Um, it's really interesting finding out things about Memphis that most people don't know that's outside that like um, that tourist-type information. Um, I'm, so just to let you know, for everybody who knows, I have people on. I have no idea who they are. I'm not from Memphis at all. Oh, I'm, I'm from okay. Alabama. Oh, so, cool. yeah. How so, long have you been here? I've been here since 2019. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's still pretty new. Yeah, yeah. So when I find out these things like about Memphis record pressing, that's what I was referring to. Memphis record pressing is going to be one of the, no, the largest record mm-hmm. pressing company in the world or North America or something like that. I think like they that. said North America. North America, yeah. Don't don't quote us on that, but <laughs> <laughs> they're one of the biggest and most prolific right now. It was really cool. We met kind of there, but yeah. <laughs> we didn't actually know we were meeting each other, but yeah. thanks for reaching out online afterwards. No doubt. So, um, for everybody who doesn't know, you do music. Um, yes. What all do you do? So, I actually started music in Memphis around 2019. So, we've been in music in Memphis about the same amount of time, <laughs> actually. Um, I write songs and I play out with um, Ethan Baker. We have a folk duo called Oak Walker. Uh, sometimes we have full bands. And Crockett will actually be with us on bass. And Keegan Peluso, if you know who he is. Um, does he have a podcast? Or He does. A, He's a podcast too, yeah. I think it's right <laughs> down the street, and I've been meaning to go to his place. Oh, Rhythm and Grooves. Yeah. Yeah, that's his new academy. So I only know him because I went to, uh, or got invited, I want to make it sound exclusive, got invited <laughs> to um, one of Louise Page's um it was like a listening party for oh, her yeah. album. And I think he had posted a picture and it had me and my wife behind Luis. Oh. And I asked him if he could send it to me. He's like, yeah. And then I like started looking at his page and finding out. I was like, oh, snap, oh, you got a place like, right down the road from me. So, And he's a huge fan of Luis. I'm sure she already knows that, but if she's listening. Yeah. Um, yeah, Keegan's really great. He's playing drums with us right now, but he's played bass with us as well. He's a me- former music teacher for school system and now he's doing his own thing teaching mm. music and recording getting his own studio set up that's awesome yeah he's really cool so how did you form this this group um okay interesting story so we'll start at the very beginning on facebook again this has mostly been online so it's very fitting i met you online <laughs> um i put out on the memphis music click which was like a newly formed facebook group I had just realized I wanted to do music for real because I wasn't getting any younger and Mm. I was just doing karaoke and enjoying it, playing guitar for myself, but you know, it just wasn't doing it for me. So put it out there on the Memphis music click, like, Hey y'all, I want to be in a band. I don't care who it's with. I don't care if I'm singing. I don't care if I'm playing guitar. I just want to do something. And, um, Josh Stevens, if you know who he is, Um, he's a good episode on Keegan's podcast, actually. Okay. Um, <laughs> he reached out to me and said I could join in on this cover show for the band. 
Um, and it was really good. It was really fun. I did one or two songs just singing. And after that, kept on that website or Facebook page. And they had a little contest because um, the the admins are friends with Uriah Mitchell. Okay. Who works at Royal of the Willie Mitchell family. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were saying, okay, guys, if you like our page and share it, you know, someone will get a chance to want to record a song. So they randomly drew my name out. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Uh, that's like a really historic place. And I want to do right by it, by my chance to record something. Cause you know, I'm still really new at this. I didn't know what recording entailed at all. Like how to book anything. I thought this might be <laughs> the only thing I ever record. Yeah. So I wrote a song. I didn't want to do a cover. And when I wrote the song, I was like, okay, cool. I'm doing an acoustic song. I want to jazz it up a little bit. So I reached out to Ethan who had been in bands before. And I was like, hey, you play violin, right? You're pretty good at it. You want to be on my song? So after we did that, we just kind of liked each other's vibes. We meshed really well, and he had some music he was working on, and it just kind of happened. So we've been in that band now for a year and a half to two years, just right as the pandemic was starting. So, like I said, mostly online, but we've gotten to play a lot of shows in the past year. That's awesome. Like, to be able to just take, go from some, from nothing to something, like, that's always a great thing for, for music in general. Like, a lot of people struggle to find, you know, that, that band, that, that group that they can pull together. So, it's great that you were able to do that. And it didn't, I mean, how long did that take? Like, what would you say the process from the time that I put something out on Facebook to say I want to be in a band, um, I would say a few months. I'd Actually, it's really funny. We're probably a block away from the first place I ever tried to be in a band. I had schoolmates in high school, mm. and we wanted to be in a band called the Mojo Filters line from Come Together by the Beatles. Mm. And it was an all-girls rock band. It was going to be great. We were so excited, and it never happened. We met... <laughs> Again, like a block from here two or three times, and it just never got off the ground. What happened? We just were all in high school, and we couldn't all drive, and you know, it just didn't happen. And then that happened one more time with a different band in high school, and then I was like, okay, maybe it's not meant to be. <laughs> and then you fast forward like 10 years later, and then from that time, like I said, as soon as I decided as an adult I want to do this, it took mm. a few months. Mm, but I had okay. attempted previously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I see it all the time. Like people, people struggle to freaking like actually put stuff together, like let alone a band, like one person. I see, yeah. <laughs> I see one person struggle to just put music out there or, or actually like record and finish a track and, and have it all done. So to put a band together, it's impressive in my opinion. Well, thank you. If you have a full-time job, you know, <laughs> which most musicians I think do. Yeah. Shout out to everybody who's doing this full-time. It's hard. Um, but if you have a full-time job and you're just starting out, it's hard to get everyone the same schedule and try to gauge interest levels, like how far do you want to take this? How hard are you willing to work? Are we going to play shows for free at first? Or, you know, just like all these different things to take into account. Yeah. So when you are starting out with music, how was, how was the, I guess the, the writing process, you know, you, you're, 
you're writing music and you're you're getting your music done is it something that you feel like was simple to you or you're like oh this is pretty challenging I need to work on this so that's the same sort of thing where I tried when I was younger I learned how to play guitar when I was 10 years old I was actually pretty good at it mm. I have like a weird encyclopedic knowledge of like oldies songs. So really? every time I would try to play a song of mine, like I would try to write, I would play something I already knew because mm. I was like, oh, that sounds like this. So I would have a hard time coming up with something new and kind of gave up on that. But when I won that Facebook drawing, I was like, man, I have to write a song. Like I cannot do a cover song. I yeah. feel like I will be wasting this moment. <laughs> so... I actually was, like, listening to podcasts, like, how to write music. I was, like, reading books, watching YouTube videos, and I could not do it for, like, mm. I had maybe, like, a couple months to get one together, and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I haven't done anything yet, mm. and eventually I just listened to a favorite song of mine and said, okay, I'll just start off, like, with the first lyric of this song and the first note of this song. And just see if I can do something different, but as a prompt. And basically that got me, like that was the barrier I needed to break. Hmm. So after that and during that, that writing session, I found out I write as I go along the music and the words. So basically I just start singing out loud and whatever words and melody come out and make sense is what I do. Hmm. And so that's what I've stuck with. There's a little bit more structure now as I learn and grow, but that's yeah. really like the main way that I write is I go, okay, I'm feeling this way. I'm going to like say some words that rhyme and make a melody and just do it. And whatever happens, happens. Yeah. So. I mean, I had, um, C C four to Don in here. He's a, a rapper that I just, just met online on Instagram and I was recording him the other night and, He's a, a punch-in type of person where he just plays the beat and he just, like, you know, starts humming and just making up words. And then he's like, all right, I'm ready. And then he'll just, like, do one line at a time. And I'm just like, yo, this is weird. Like, you know, I, I've recorded somebody doing that before, but, like, it's no matter how many times I do it, it's weird to me because – I don't like to record, which I have the benefit to record whenever I want to. I've got a studio here and I've got a studio at home, but I write my lyrics out before I even start a song. <laughs> mm -hmm. Before I start to record, I've got a whole song written and it's, it's just crazy. People who just can do like a punch in type style, but I, I don't know. Maybe it might be different for, for rap than it is for like bands. Cause like bands usually like, usually doing your like your guitar and everything at the same time, right? Well, for me, I do it usually a cappella first, and okay. then I make the guitar fit around it. Mm. I'd like to change that because I want to play better guitar parts. So okay. I'm, I've been thinking about changing that. But I do think you're right that genre matters. Like rappers are the like best people I've ever seen come up with something on the spot that yeah. is amazing that needs no change. <laughs> like I have – had the privilege of sitting in on a few sessions as I've gotten to know different, you know, engineers and mm -hmm. musicians. And there's a rapper named Lil Rudy, if you know who he is. I, I, I follow him and I've heard of him, obviously, but he I is so good. I, I saw him, I got to sit in on a session with him and just like 
the wit and like how clever he was so fast and speaking so fast. I was like, oh my God, like how fast <laughs> does your brain work? Like it's so cool to watch. Yeah. Because I definitely am not doing that. When I, <laughs> I'm like going slowly and like really like thinking things out. And sometimes I'll have to do multiple tries. It's yeah, not yeah. like I just open my mouth and it's perfect every time. <laughs> that would be crazy to say. Yeah. But there's a lot of people that are like that. And I think genre has a lot to do with that for sure. Do you think that with the music that you do, it's it's difficult to, to have that kind of like um, – what am I trying to think of that impact with like your, your lyrics, if you, if you do it quickly rather than taking your time. Cause I, I feel like, you know, with, with rap, you know, you, I hate to say it, but you can kind of just say anything and it just, as long as it sounds good, people are going to eat it up. So I think maybe for some artists, but I, I think a lot of the people that I've been listening to recently, especially from Memphis, what they're saying is super impactful and yeah. really like touching, but it's because it's coming from a genuine place. Like they're like people aren't just sitting down, and that's what I try to do. Where I'm saying, okay, I'm just gonna let whatever comes out comes out, so mm-hmm. that I know that's how I really felt, and I'm not trying to like make myself look one way or another. Yeah. Or like craft an image of something. Maybe if I have a, a theme in mind, I'll do that. But I think if you let whatever comes out comes out, then it's genuine, and so it can be really impactful to people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I said, I will never be on that level of improv. I don't I don't improv, yeah. but I do use that as like a launching point to write. Yeah, I had Luis in here one time during a, re- a recording session and she was talking about um basically saying that she, it she usually does like more sad music and it's hard for her to do happy music because she doesn't want to sound corny. And I was like I never thought about that. Yeah, I've had the same feelings where I'm like, I want to write something happy, but it it does sound corny sometimes if you don't know how to express it in like a really poetic way. And she totally has the capability of doing that. (laughs) She's so good at what she does. But um, I've definitely written a bunch of sad songs and my mom's called me and been like, how depressed are you? Because like all these songs are so sad. (laughs) But this is a conversation I've had with people recently I think most artists start out really sad because mm. it's one of your most um, like potent emotions. Like mm. that's what you think of when you think of something emotional. You think of like something sad or angry first. Yeah, we say emo. We think about people who are sad. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. So like even Dolly Parton, um, she's quoted as saying she wrote a bunch of sad ass songs at mm. first, and then she was like, maybe I should do something a little lighter and happier. <laughs> But, like, everybody, and she's, like, one of the happiest, most bubbly people yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think when you are able to capture, like, both parts of the spectrum, that's when you're killing it. Like, I would say maybe somebody like a Taylor Swift. Like, that's that's what she has done. She's captured the sad, s- sappy songs, and she's got the happy songs, and she is destroying it when it comes to the, the lyricist game of it. So Oh, yeah. I definitely was one of those people when I was younger – before I had even written, I was like, oh, that's poppy. Poppy people don't really do anything. Yeah. And obviously I've changed my mind about that. Um, I watched her Tiny Desk concert. Mm. And it's just her and her guitar. And it's so nice to see, like, the structure of the song and her really performing it just, like, bare bones. You're like, okay, yeah, it's actually a lot of talent. And she's actually a really good writer. Yeah, yeah. 
um, which is something I think we don't think about with pop artists a lot. But, yeah, I would say she's really, like you said, she's really good at capturing all spectrums of emotion, which is why she's really relatable. So talking about just the writing portion of it, uh, you said you are a writer. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if most people know this, but for all the listeners, a lot of your top name artists probably haven't written a lot of their music because, number one, being a part of a, a big label, um, there's a lot of hands in the pot. So they, you know, and they want you to work fast and mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> so um, you, they probably don't write their music. So, which isn't a bad thing. I say that to ask Victoria the question of when she's writing, do you write for other people or you just write for yourself? How does that work? I've actually had conversations about that with people before and I think that's something I didn't really think about for a while. You, um, in a way, you're always writing for other people because you're putting it out there. So, like, you know ears are going to hear this, right? Mm. Like, you know someone's going to hear this and you think about what they're going to think. Like, writing happy songs and being scared that they're corny mm. and then holding them back, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Because it's a really vulnerable position to be in to say, these are my real feelings. Mm. Um, They're not always my real feelings. I mean, just because I'm writing a song doesn't mean that that's not a character. But um, I'm like really dancing around your question because I don't know the answer, actually. (laughs) Um, I think it's a mix of both. I think it's not true if anyone says, oh, I just write for myself and no one else. I mean, because like I said, we all know there's an audience that we're putting it out to and you hope that they like it. Otherwise, you'd keep it to yourself, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would would say it's a mix of both. So uh, something that you said about uh, like a character, that's something that I've always thought about with music that I don't think people really take into – their, their thought process of what an artist is. Because when I think about somebody who's making music, I think about somebody who's just like painting us a picture. Mm-hmm. And I think about like movies, like uh, actors. I think about artists as like actors. Like you, for every song you write, that's like a movie that you're playing in. And you are just trying to give people uh, some an idea, uh, a picture. You know, you're just saying, hey, this is this thing I was thinking. And I feel like a lot of people don't really think about music that way for artists because it's like, as you were saying, sometimes these aren't really my feelings. I just thought of some lyrics that sounded good and I I made a song out of it. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that is true? Uh, That's just my thoughts is that people don't really think about, they think like every song you write has to be 100% true, has to be about your life and all that kind of stuff. Do you feel that way? or I fall into that trap thinking about that all the time. Like, I think people are like that too. And I have to step back and say, okay, okay. Like maybe this is just a song. Cause it kills your creativity. If you can only write about your own life. Right. Yeah, for sure. Like I have a song called love liar and literally the words are, I find a way to justify whatever suits my needs. And like, I'm honest to a fault, albeit just a little late. Like it's, it's talking about being like a liar and doing whatever you need to do to get yours and your relationship, mm. you know? And it's like, that's not actually who I am at all, but I thought it would be fun to put myself in that yeah. mindset. Cause I think a lot of the time people love this big vibrato, like, like overconfident, like I don't care what people think. Mm. So it was fun to put myself in those shoes, but that's, I'm not 
the love liar, you know? <laughs> like, that's not who I consider myself to be. Um, I don't think people hear that and think I really mean it. I mm. hope they don't. Yeah, I had on Matt Lucas the other day. He's a phenomenal rapper. And um, he was telling me a situation where his car got stolen. And um, he said that what he ended up doing was breaking into the car and uh, he tried to, like, stop the person or whatever. But I was telling him it would be a great song if he gave us, like, three different verses in the song. And each verse, he tells a story. He tells that story, but happening different each time. It's like a Black Mirror episode in yeah. that song. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that would be so cool if you could, like, tell us a story where, like... Because he was saying... He didn't know what he had in him, you know, it was like mm-hmm. as like a, a fighter, as a as a killer, you know, somebody who has to like stop somebody. He didn't know what was inside of him. But that situation had to bring it out of him, you know, it's fight or flight. Yeah, that that's point. scary. So yeah. So I was like, that'd be really cool if you could do a song to where like you you told us what you did and you like you broke into the car and stopped the person and you end up getting your car back. And then you told us a verse right after that where like you were too scared and you were afraid of what would happen so you did nothing and then you had a part where like you end up stopping the person and counseling them and y'all end up becoming <laughs> friends or something that'd yeah. be a cool song yeah, yeah that'd be a great song so. yeah that's a really fun like storytelling exercise like that's a good prompt yeah yeah I, it's it's something that as as you said good exercise like it's that that's something that you have to do as an artist. You have to exercise your brain and get out of your your comfort zone to to mm-hmm. think of new things. Because the people who are doing that kind of stuff, those are some of the best artists out there. Oh, for sure. Like my favorite artists are the ones that like Dolly Parton. She writes songs about things she's never experienced, and I truly believe that she has. You know, <laughs> like because she's such a good storyteller. Like she can really evoke that emotion and put herself in someone else's experiences. So. If I could do that eventually, that'd be wonderful. In the meantime, I'm just writing some sad ass songs <laughs> and <laughs> a few a few character songs. Do you have um, like a set schedule of like how you like to do your music? Like, like, all right, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, I do music, or is you just all feelings based? Like, whenever I feel like doing it, I do it. Right now, it's more of a as it comes sort of thing. When I first started, there's actually a really good uh, workshop that happened recently. I didn't get to go to, but singer-songwriter Grace Askew, if you know who she is. I don't. Um, she, I've said, if you know who that is, like 12 times already. Um, she, I love it, though. I, I like finding out about new people. Do you know them? Do you know them? <laughs> um, she, she's really talented, and a lot of what she does is teaching other people how to write. So she also had a Facebook group. Um, that I joined, and it was a challenge to write every day for a year. Dang. I did not make it. <laughs> I did not do that, but I did get like a month or two in, and I got a lot of songs that were pretty good. It was just exercising that muscle, that brain power to say, okay, get over the writer's block. It doesn't matter what you write. It could suck. Just do something, mm. and more times than not, something will be usable. Yeah, yeah. How how often did you, did you, I know you say you didn't do it, but like how often did you try to do it? I did that consistently every day for like a month or two and got a lot of songs out of it. Okay. I would like to start something like that again, but we've been really lucky. We've had a lot of shows recently. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did a lot of recording, so I haven't had as much time, but I could probably make time. (laughs) I'd like to do that. We, 
we have a lot of stuff we still want to record, but it's always good to have new material. Yeah, like just the act of trying to do it is way better than like I'll just get to it because chances are you probably won't. Yeah. Like if you just say, well, I'll just get to it, you probably won't. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's something that I think artists struggle with because a lot of artists are – they're not great with schedules. So many of us are ADHD. Yeah. N- not neurotypical sort of people. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's something, like you said, we struggle with. That's why big artists have people who do their calendars for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell them, like, hey, do this. Hey, do that. Because otherwise, like, if when you're an artist, like, you're thinking about all the stuff that you could be doing. Mm-hmm. So you kind of get lost in stuff that you should be doing. So when, when you set, like set away time to do things. It, it helps you like actually get stuff done and you, you make progress. Like, so let's say you were like, Oh, I'm going to do a, a 12 song album. Well, if you get, you know, by the end of the year and you say, I'm going to start in January and by December, I'm going to write, you know, the last song and then I'll release it the next year. If by June you haven't written one song yet, you're going to keep, you know, oh, I'll just get it done this month. Oh, I'll just get yeah. it done this You know, you're just going to keep procrastinating, and there's no way to do it. Oh, yeah, that's me for sure, 100%, <laughs> not going to lie. My friend Kathy is such an inspiration. She, um, she, I'm trying to think of her Instagram name. I think it's Kathy Music, M-U-Z-I-Q-U-E. Um, she just did a song this past weekend, recorded it one day, and got the video the next day. Mm. Bam. Like, with a lot of moving parts. She had uh, my friend D. Terrell doing bass, uh, Alice Hasten doing flute and violin, mm. and then I did vocals and guitar. And she coordinated all of that, rehearsals months ahead of time. She had the day we're recording and the day we're doing the video, and it was just so clean and nice. And I was like, oh, my God. That is an inspiration for sure. Like, apart from her ability to write and perform, which is also amazing. She's a really good piano player. Okay. Apart from that, it was just watching a musician, like, be organized is (laughs) really shocking and so cool. (laughs) So if you are doing a project with other people is that difficult to to get them all together or is everybody seem like they're on the same same scheme it can be like if you have someone who's in demand and they're in multiple bands Mm -hmm. because that happens a lot or um um, like i said if someone has children or if someone has a job they need to be up early for yeah or their limited schedule because their job's at night or we all have full-time jobs and we're just tired, you know, like there's all sorts of factors. Like I worked in a restaurant last year for a little while and just got an office job and they're super supportive of mm. me doing music, which is wonderful. But the nighttime job I had, I took with the expectation I would have more time because the job was more flexible mm. and that was not the case. And mm. it really set me and our group up like back for a minute because it was like, I can't play, like, because yeah. I'm working every Friday and Saturday. Mm. Like, it was really hard to, yeah. like, get shows together, get practices together. So there's all sorts of factors. Have you yeah, have you been able to book, like, shows with, with the group, or do you have to end up doing them, like, solo? How, I don't know how the, the band scene works like that. We haven't 
interesting thing going where we've always been a duo, Mm -hmm. but we really do want to tap into like the bass and the drums because that really gets people moving. Yeah, yeah. Interested. They hear that low end sound in the other room. They're like, oh, I want to see what's going on in there. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So we've tried to get more of that. Okay. But we do a lot of just the duo shows too because it's, it's easier for me and Ethan to kind of play off of each other and stretch things out if we need to kill more time mm. or shorten things up. Because we we have a chemistry for sure where we've been playing with each other for two years a lot. So we, we can just look at each other and be like, okay, we're doing something different now, you know, nice. instead of a few people who are sitting in for one or two shows or haven't played with us as much. So we really like the duo and try to do that. But the full band is really fun, too. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's always great to see a full band playing because then you get to experience, like, all those sounds. And the more, the more I would say, the more people, the better. But <laughs> Well, yeah, I think so. I think people generally love bigger bands because, yeah. like you said, there's a lot going on. There's so much to watch and listen for. And, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think when you are able to, like, even get that many people on stage and it just kind of adds to like a, they're like extra crowd members. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's definitely like the best party situation. If you're trying to create this party atmosphere, you want people to come out on a Friday or Saturday. It's definitely the way to do it. When we do our duo thing, a lot of the time we'll do it on like a Tuesday or Wednesday, like a low key songwriter night sort Mm. of thing. We play at Horseshoe Lake sometimes, okay. so that's nice. It's just kind of like where's that at? Um, Horseshoe Lake is actually like the area. It's in Arkansas. Oh, okay. So it's like half an hour away from hmm. Midtown, I'd say. Okay. So that's like a good little duo spot. We played at Blind Bear um, outside on their patio recently. So it really depends on the atmosphere you want and the gig and. Mm. As to whether or not we're going to do a two-person or, like, a four-person thing. Yeah. Do you get nervous? Mm, not as much now. Mm. When I first started, I got really nervous. The first time I played, I was shaking because <laughs> I hadn't really done anything in a long time. Yeah. So, it, like I said, it's a very vulnerable thing. And also, I'm doing guitar and singing. So, for someone with attention issues, I'm, like, doing a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I'm kind of like the front person. Ethan is the star of the show for sure because Ethan shreds on violin. It's amazing to watch. And I just look at him when I'm playing like, oh, my God. Like, he's amazing. (laughs) But I do know that if I mess up the guitar chord or I hit a wrong note, like, people are going to notice. But over time, I've realized people don't always notice, and it's okay. You can just keep moving. Mm. It's not the end of the world. And sometimes you can just ignore it like it didn't happen at all. Don't make any face and just keep going. Sometimes I'll giggle at it. it I'm not as nervous now just because I know, like, I'm, like, 99% doing the right thing. I'm having fun. Like, I don't think anyone's out there like, oh, how dare they hit the wrong note. Yeah. Like, people don't judge us as much as we think they're judging us. Mm. You know? Yeah, I'm a nervous person. Like, I, I get nervous before anytime I do stuff in front of people, I get super nervous. And but the funny thing is, is like you probably wouldn't know it, like watching me, but on the inside, I'm I'm yeah. extremely nervous. But I I handle myself well because 
I'm understanding like what's going on. It's like mm-hmm. I'm just doing something that I would do in front of one person, but I'm just doing it in front of many people. So I don't know. That's just that's just how I've always been. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Was there a time where that changed for you where you did cope with it better? Like for me, working in a restaurant did that where I had to interact with people no. all day. So I I was actually in the military. And oh, cool. when I was in the military, I was this thing called the red rope and I had to like march like 300 people all at one time. And I'm like literally yelling out the cadences Mm -hmm. to all these people. And I tell them what to do and they just do it. And I still get nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Even when I'm doing that, I will say if if I'm doing it over a long period, not a long period of time. So if if I start the first song, so let's say I'm performing three songs. The first song, I'm nervous. Like by the second song, it's like mm-hmm. I'm not nervous anymore because I've I've been doing it, and it was kind of like that when when I played football in high school. Like there's probably you know hundreds or, or a thousand people watching, um, but like that first quarter, super nervous. But like after that, it's like I forget that I'm supposed to be nervous. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I just forget about it, and I'm just I'm just out there doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I think that's a really good way to describe it. I, I have that too, where I'm more nervous towards the beginning than I am at the end. It's mm. so like overall, it's not like debilitating or anything, but there's always nerves that you want to do well. You yeah. know, like if I just got up there and didn't care, I, I mean, I don't know if that would be good for me <laughs> because I wouldn't be as precise in what I'm doing. Yeah. But yeah, I'm definitely a little nervous at first. And then like you said, over time, it, it wanes a little bit. And then by the end, I'm like, I'm super comfortable. Let's keep going. Yeah, oh yeah. no, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you, um, it's like you were unconscious during the whole thing. You just wake up at the end. You're like, oh shoot, this was fun. Like, oh. actually, I do dissociate a little bit. Mm. Sometimes when I play, I definitely do just completely dissociate <laughs> for a moment. And it's not like I don't care. I'm, I'm still very into what I'm doing, but. Mm. It's almost like an out-of-body thing, and then I have to come back to it, and I'm like, wait a second. Like, the muscle memory takes over for a moment where I'm playing the chords. I've played a million times. I'm singing the notes, and I'm like, no, but I have to, like, be in the moment, too. I can't just, (laughs) like, let it take over. Do you feel like that is something that's common amongst people? I'm like, I've, I've been hearing a lot lately, I feel like, about big-name artists who have anxiety issues mm-hmm. and they just have all kinds of problems. And, you know, that, that's why a lot of people turn to, like, smoking or drinking to kind of, like, yeah. calm themselves out and, and perform. But I don't know if, I don't know if that's a really common amongst a lot of artists who are independent and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I personally have generalized anxiety and always have. So yeah. it's not just performance. It's like I've always had anxiety. Mm-hmm. So it definitely factors into it. But I think people in general have had more anxiety in the past few years. Yeah, for I've sure. heard that from psychologists. Mm-hmm. Like people in general are just more anxious. Okay. I think that has a lot to do with like, again, I'm not a psychologist, but from psychologists, it sounds like the surrounding uh, the zeitgeist, like just the feeling of we're all scared of different things, no matter what your political beliefs are. We're all being told to be like scared or nervous about different things. And a lot of legitimate reasons, there's a lot of really scary stuff happening 
in the world. Like there's wars and like all sorts of stuff. So yeah. I think that's part of it. Um, like I didn't get panic attacks until I was like in my mid twenties. Mm. But I think part of it was because of just like the world and like having to deal with your own things and then having to deal with the problems of humanity <laughs> too all the time. Yeah. People weren't made for that. Like everyone's supposed to have opinions on everything and we're reading hundreds of things a day on the internet. Mm -hmm. It's like our brains were not supposed to comprehend all of that information. I think it's overwhelming for yeah. everybody. Something I thought about the other day, I was thinking about how like smart I think young people are becoming and adults we always like it when adults I mean like people who have kids who are I don't know like five or so when they're starting to become intelligent and talking and stuff like that they usually are thinking like oh they're just kids you know they're dumb they don't know anything but like kids are becoming really smart because their access mm -hmm. to information is becoming so easy like I was thinking about when I was a kid I had to go to the library to get internet or to print something. Yeah. The kids don't, they don't need that anymore. Like they, they have Wi-Fi at home and use most people, I guess they have a printer at home or you just don't need one like, you know, PDFs for everything. So that's something that we really, as, as people, like we're starting to get used to technology and being able to do things um, like more intelligent wise. And it, it kind of contributes to, as you were saying, like we're feeding all this information to ourselves. So it can lead down a bad path because yeah. it's like, you're just intaking all this stuff and it's like, what do I do with all this info? So, uh, yeah. Speaking of music and anxiety, um, did you see Bo Burnham's inside? No. Okay. So he stopped doing comedy slash music okay. because he was having anxiety attacks on stage mm. and he was ready to go back, and then COVID hit. So he's a director, too, so he made this Inside show. Okay. And one of the songs is called Welcome to the Internet, and mm. it's about the good and the bad of that, especially for children. Okay. Like, there's the best part of humanity and the deepest, darkest, ugliest things online. Yeah, yeah. And you can accidentally stumble on either. Yeah. <laughs> like, it yeah. is a lot. Absolutely. There's actually a, did you ever go to that website, Stumble Upon? No. I feel like I've heard of this, but I didn't. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think they changed it to another website, but I think that website doesn't exist anymore, but it was a website called Stumble Upon. It was literally like, I think, a button and like oh, just maybe, generated random things. It literally generated random stuff on the oh, internet. Wow. And usually it was like pretty cool stuff. Like mm -hmm. I think you got to pick what you were interested in okay. and then click stumble upon and it would find you like random websites or articles or something about those things. So, That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I don't even know why I brought that up. But anyway. Because <laughs> we're but, talking but, about the good and the bad parts of the oh, internet that's and right, that's right. how it can like increase intelligence, but also anxiety and fears and But Bo yeah. so his his thing was like comedy and then song. And mm -hmm. then comedy and then song. But his songs were funny though, right? Yeah, which mm -hmm. I love. I love so much. Yeah, he was he was pretty funny. And I always wondered like how effective that would be over time. Cause, cause it seems yeah. like kind of a gimmick, you know what well, I mean? See, that's another thing. He made it timely. He has a song called problematic mm. in that show where he's like, 
I said some things that were just kind of edgy when I was a kid, and I, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> and he's all the songs were very timely. Mm. So I think you can do that in a way that's effective. Yeah. You know, like there's a song called White Woman's Instagram, which is very of our time <laughs> and like a good satirical sort of thing, you oh, know. Okay. So yeah, but it's interesting because I think the only other person I really know who's done that is Weird Al. Yeah, yeah. And it, he's like just super goofy. But I think that Bo Burnham stuff is more so now, not political, but a commentary. Mm. So I think it might have a little bit more lasting power. I'd never watched Saturday Night Live, but um, I had some friends come over one night. It was uh, actually Ryan and his wife, and they wanted to watch it. And we're watching it, and they were like bringing up political topics. I guess it was like right when the pandemic was like kind of ending, mm-hmm. and um, they were saying that it was very political. Cause I guess they just hadn't had a show in a while because mm-hmm. of COVID. Then they had a show, and they were like, "Yeah, this is getting pretty political." Like, this is crazy. And I was like, I've never seen this show, so I don't know. You're like, I don't <laughs> know the standard. Yeah, this, this <laughs> seems like just it for me. But, um, yeah, I, I think that music in general has um, – some people are bringing up topics that are political, I guess. Um, some people are trying to bring awareness to um, mental health. And I think it's great. I think it's yeah. great for people to talk about things that bother them. Like, as we were talking about earlier um, – not everything you write about is going to be true, like true about your own life. Some things are not. And I think it's great to to do things kind of outside your realm. Uh, a prime example is Logic when he had that song about suicide. Mm-hmm. We, we don't think Logic is suicidal all the time, but he had a great song about suicide. And it touched many lives, helped many people not commit suicide. And that's a great thing. So. Yeah, people are using their platform in different ways. I, I have a, a very small platform. I'm not a big named artist, obviously, so that's not really what I'm trying to do right now. But um, I have some honest songs, like I said, where people are like, are you depressed? <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> I think a lot of us are, though. Like, I'm not Eeyore, you know? Yeah. I'm not, like, my tail between my legs all the time, like, hey... I'm depressed, <laughs> but I'm also not going to act like I'm not. Like Selena Gomez has been doing a thing with Joe Biden where they have a campaign about mental health awareness, which is hmm. good. I didn't know about that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I just stumbled upon that on the internet. Again, all of my music news and all of my promotion for music is all on the internet. <laughs> like that is a good thing that it's done too is like I met you over the internet. I've met. So many people during the pandemic online mm. that I'm now meeting in person, and I don't even know their real names. I'm like, oh my gosh, I only <laughs> know you as like your handle, yeah, you know, your Instagram handle or something like that. That's yeah. hilarious. It's been fun meeting people though, finally in person. Yeah, um, something that you were talking about uh, just with Selena. I was watching. I was on vacation with my family, and the. I have some little cousins, female little cousins, and they had turned on like the Disney Channel or something. And I had no idea that Ariana Grande was in that, what's that Disney show that she was in? Oh, um, she was in Victorious, I think. Victorious? I I have no idea what the name is. I I think she was because it has my name in the title. (laughs) So I would remember that one with uh, Victoria Justice was the main character. And Ariana Grande. a blonde-haired girl? 
It's like all goofy and whatnot. Like, um, I know Ariana Grande. Like, she had like bright red hair. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I like I'd seen that show, and I know who Ariana Grande is now, but I had no idea that was her. And that's so crazy that like that transformation and it's happened multiple times. Like we mm-hmm. had Molly Cyrus when uh, she was in Hannah Montana and. Um, what? There was somebody else that was in a Disney show. I can't remember. I mean, Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake were. They were on the Mickey Mouse Club. Oh, I didn't know that. So was Ryan Gosling. What? Yeah. That's so crazy. Man. Like, the people who are able to to do those, like, transformation shifts, that's, that's pretty cool. But have They you were ever- born to do it, yeah. They yeah. started out at an early <laughs> age. They were like, I'm going to entertain people one way or another. <laughs> like, it's going to be acting or singing. It's going to happen. Have you ever done anything like, uh, you know, shows, theater, stuff like that? I did like high school plays. You did? Okay. Um, like talent shows, play my guitar and mm. sing. But it's really funny talking about like being born with it mm. and being nervous or not nervous. Yeah. When I was a little kid, I went to try out for the Oscar Mayer Wiener commercial. Nice. I sang the song all day long. Like I was like three or four. Super into it. Saw the Oscar Mayer Wiener mobile. <laughs> was so happy. I went to audition and I got so nervous that I sang the Barney song after having to be coaxed to sing it all because I was so nervous. <laughs> and they were like, thanks. <laughs> thanks oh, for coming in. Man. But I was obviously way too nervous to do the job. So it's funny, like going from being so nervous, like talent shows were so difficult for me. Like I was very nervous to now being an adult and being like, no, I'm just like, I like this now. That's crazy. Watching people like those, those people have done it their whole lives. Just like I'm in awe of them. I think that's really cool that they've always known they wanted to do it and always had the, the guts to get up there and do it. I've had to work up to it, but I'm there now. (laughs) I like doing it now. It's not just something that's panic inducing. (laughs) Yeah. Have you seen, um, I think it's called for my, for my next guest, it's on. I think it's on Netflix. And it's with David Letterman. Uh, I know about it. He's. It's a show. He's got like a long beard now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so he had on. Um, I'm gonna tell you two different stories. He had on Ryan Reynolds from okay. Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Okay. He had him on, and he gets really nervous. Really. Yeah. Like he says, he gets super nervous. Uh, I, I guess he said he had anxiety. Uh, when he does his movies, like I was like, that's crazy. And he was like, just t- telling us about this, you know, about his emotions and stuff like that. I was like, the dude who did uh, Deadpool and all because these- he seems so cocky, confident. Yeah, but well, there's he's like not a like whole that. crew of hundreds of people just staring at you <laughs> while you're supposed to be acting normal and natural. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine that. I thought that was pretty wild because he just does such a good job in those. Yeah, I couldn't tell <laughs> those crazy type character so i was impressed and then the other one was um what's her name um young chick who won the grant and won a lot of grammys uh lately she's new hmm. uh, olivia rodrigo maybe no mm. oh, this is gonna bother me <laughs> shoot she uh her one of her big songs was bad oh, guy billy eilish billy eilish yeah. okay she has a tick like, uh, I don't know if oh, it's Tourette's. She has Tourette's. Yeah, she I think has she Tourette's? does. Okay. Yeah. I had no idea until I saw that. Um, she had did something 
And I think, I don't think David laughed. I think he thought, he was like, what was that? Like, he was like, did you, did you see something or something? And he was like, what happened? And then she was like, oh, that's nothing. I just have a tick. And she had, she ended up explaining it to him. And he was like, oh, I just, I thought it was something I said that offended you or something like that. And she was like, yeah, some people just like laugh, you know, and they, they just kind of laugh it off. And she said it, it bothers her when Aww, they do that. But yeah. um, that, that was pretty wild because again she seems like she's she so confident yeah, yeah she seems like a very confident person she doesn't seem like she's like overly cocky or anything but she doesn't seem like she would have anything like that yeah I, I never knew yeah I, i'd heard about that recently too um she's really cool too because she's been doing it since she was like 14 15 mm. um, i don't know if you know the song ocean eyes mm. that's her first big song okay uh, she was like 15, I think. Her and her brother have been writing and doing DIY recording and won Grammys for it. Yeah. Like, that's so crazy. The first song I heard from her was Bad Guy. Mm-hmm. I think I I think I watched the video. Like, that was the first time I had heard her and, like, seen her was when I watched Bad Guy. And that, that was a great video, great song. I'm going to have that stuck song. in my head now. <laughs> I haven't heard that song in a while. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I really haven't kept up with her music, to be honest. I know she's she still sounds great. I know mm-hmm. she's doing great stuff. But... um yeah, she's just one of those people who just seems like a normal person, you know. And that's I think sometimes we we lose that with artists because they get so yeah. famous and big, and they're like, you know, people are like worshiping them. But you have to remember, they're just like you and me. Like I was talking about Matt uh, Matt Lucas the other day when I was talking to him. I was like, if if you drop an album and Kendrick Lamar drops an album, the same thing just happened. A rapper dropped an album. Yeah. There's no difference. There's just one person everybody knows and the other person. Yeah. One of them is just (laughs) more famous than the other. So that's something that people forget sometimes. They're just they're just people just releasing music and the only difference is one's more famous than the other. There's no difference between when you drop music and Billy Otis drops music. Same thing just happened. Just one person knows. I mean, people know more about one person than the other, but we have to understand the the human aspect of, you know, what's mm-hmm. going on. If she has a bunch of sad stuff or a bunch of happy stuff, remember those lyrics could be f- from anybody and from any place that she was in in her head. You know, we're just getting a glimpse of what she's been going through. So yeah. same thing for you. There's this really good scene. I think it's in, I think it's called Imagine. I'm not sure. It's a movie about John Lennon, mm-hmm. and he had this documentarian with him, and this guy was stalking him, and he, like, got in his estate or in his house, and he was like, what are you doing? And the guy <laughs> was like, I need to talk to you. And he was like, oh, okay, well, come on in. He would never do that now yeah. because obvious reasons. Yeah. <laughs> like, people crazy. like that can be crazy, could not be, but – this guy was definitely obsessed, and he was talking to him, and he was like, man, those lyrics, they mean something. I know they are written for me, and like, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but it, it was something to that effect. Mm. And John Lennon was like, man, those words just rhymed. Like, there's no special meaning behind that. <laughs> like, I hate to tell you, but oh, that is not mythical, mystical, any of that. It literally is just words that rhyme. I'm really sorry to tell you that. And he's talented. It doesn't mean that it didn't take talent, but yeah, yeah. (laughs) he's just a dude putting words together over some notes. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's unfortunate, you know, sometimes when people uh, that like 
was it like that veil gets gets taken away mm-hmm. of like, wow, this artist is amazing and they have the perfect life. And then when you get that down to earth, like it happens to some people when they meet when they meet people in real life and they're they might be a douchebag and they're like, oh. Well, now I completely hate this person. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. I think I saw one of uh, Tom Hanks. People were, like getting close to his wife, and, he, and he's cussing. Well, they at like him. ended up tripping them or something, yeah. and I think he got freaked out. I would honestly like they've had to deal with that for decades, yeah. and at some point, again, your brain's not supposed to have people like ogling you all the time, screaming. Yeah. Like at some point you probably break a little bit. Yeah. And I like don't with Brittany, like that's what happened when she had her meltdown. Like oh, yeah. she's not a crazy person or a bad person. <laughs> she just literally was living an inhumane experience. When you're under that kind of like stress all the time, I don't blame you for like yeah. whatever's going on. I tell people all the time, like I've never been like a huge Justin Bieber fan, but whatever that kid did, when he was like 18 or younger, like mm-hmm. I don't blame him because I have no idea how I would have acted if I was 13, 14 years old and a bunch of 20 year old women probably want me <laughs> like, yo, that's gotta be so crazy. That's gotta be so weird. And whatever you're going through, like us people who haven't been super famous our whole lives, we're like, Oh my God, he's such a loser. And he's doing this and doing that. Like nobody should like him, but it's like, yo, what would you do if everybody that you wanted wanted you? Had you had a bunch of yes men around you. Yeah, and you yeah. had all the money that you could possibly want at that age. Like, what would you do? You would have done the same stuff he did. So. Yeah, I don't expect to get to that level of super superstardom to ever have to deal with that, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but be glad you're if – you, if it does happen to you, it's happened yeah. to you at an older age, a more mature age. I cannot remember who it was. I was – God, there's some comedian, actor, musician who didn't get famous until they were older. And they were like, yeah, like, I got to be a normal human first. (laughs) Oh, I know who it was. It was Ricky Gervais. He was like, I had a whole job, lived my whole life, did normal things before that happened. Mm. And so I can be a little more down to earth. Yeah. Like Jack White, I was listening to him on Conan today on the podcast. And he was like, I owned an upholstery shop in my early 20s. <laughs> like, he was living a normal person life. Yeah. And just happened to kind of make it big after gigging a lot, which is really lucky for yeah. him. I, I think that's the best way to do it. Like, sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I win the lottery. And then other times I'm like, I'm glad I don't win the lottery. Yeah. It's, it's just because, like, number one, the concept of, you know, what would I do with that kind of money like right now. And then an, another part of me is like, I I like the idea of having to work for what I end up having. You know what I mean? Like I, I yeah. built my life up to this point. And when you're younger, that's not what you're thinking about. <laughs> no, not at all. You're like, if we could just skip that part, yes. that'd be great. You just want to skip all the steps, all the levels. You want all the cheat codes Let's just get to the part where I'm rich and famous and everybody worships me. Right. But when you're older, you re- you respect people who are doing what you did as far as, like, as he said, being a normal person. You respect other people and you appreciate what's going on. And you become wiser with how you live your life and spend money and stuff like that. So Yeah, for sure. And I'm glad with music I've had to like start from the ground up and like meet people and play 
gigs that aren't always desirable, you know, kind of like learn on the job. Like you think about the Beatles where I don't know if we mentioned them yet. I uh, mentioned on Lennon, but they played in Hamburg, Germany for mm. several years and like clubs and stuff. Like mm. they didn't just make it big when they were 20, you know, like yeah. they worked really hard at it beforehand. You can kind of tell like in the Get Back documentary on Disney. I haven't seen that. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Because you can see them being normal people. I mean, their egos are involved and they've basically, I mean, they've become the Beatles at yeah. this point. They didn't have normal lives, but seeing them like writing and just being normal humans, writing songs in a room together, it's so nice to like you said, bring you back down to earth and realize your idols are just people too. They started somewhere. Yeah. They still, you know, it's like an old lady. They put their pants on one leg at a time, you know, yeah. like, and yeah, it's just nice to see that some people like that are still humble. Do you find it hard getting people to understand like you as the artist and you, um, who, I guess you as the person, um, did you say you, you grew up here? Mm -hmm. So you probably ran into people you went to high school and stuff with. So yeah. do you have to, you know, explain that, you know, have a disclaimer like, Hey, I'm also an artist. I'll come out to my show, stuff like that. Or, I mean, I know you don't have like some big head, like, Oh, I'm this artist, but like, yeah, we're still definitely getting a, our reach out there because <laughs> yeah, yeah. we've only been doing it for so long and only professionally recording for so long, you know, but no, people actually are coming up to me, which is really nice. They're Good. saying, Oh, I saw your music on Instagram or Facebook. And like, that's really cool. Like, mm. I'm really glad you're out there doing that, you know? So I've, I've been really lucky to have a lot of positive feedback and people coming up to me knowing who I am, which is always nice. Um, and people who already know who I am coming up to me about music and not mm. just like, oh, you do music too? Cool. Like they've heard it from other people. Yeah. Like my one of my bosses said his brother-in-law had mentioned my band. <laughs> and nice. I was like, oh, that's cool. I don't know how he heard about us, but cool. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, that I feel like that can be – it can be a, a stretch or, or difficult to get people to like take your music seriously. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like sometimes people are like, Oh, you, you know, you're doing that thing, that music thing. Uh, I hope that goes well. But then there's yeah. like people who are like, Oh, you're, you're an artist, you know, that's your thing. You know, they're hoping that that becomes your full-time job or whatever. Right. And sometimes it's hard to, especially if you have a different name. So if you have, you know, let's say you were going by Billy Eilish, you know, that was like your artist name. Mm -hmm. Some people might have a hard time making that disconnect or even yeah. uh, respecting you enough to call you. Cause maybe that's what you want to be called. It's like your artist name. So they yeah. might not respect that from you. Yeah. That's a good point. I only have one song out under my name. Um, I think eventually I'll do more of that, but yeah, I've always kind of been musical. I've always played guitar and, liked being in musicals in high school mm. and I kind of do weird owl stuff throughout the day where I'll just sort of like make jokes out of popular songs so I think people aren't like too surprised I wanted to do music and I've had a lot of support from it for sure I've been lucky in that way but I don't know I haven't gotten too much condescending stuff about it mm. um more so I think and honestly, Memphis has been very supportive to me and Ethan in every way. But there's still some, like, obviously 
like guys talking to each other and I'm like trying to enter the conversation and not getting taken as seriously. Mm. And, you know, that happens a lot, but that's everywhere. <laughs> so, but it's still in music too. That's something that Luis posted. Um, it wasn't about music. It was just like women in general. She was like, um, she was asking a serious question, like guys, serious question, like uh, when you are around a female, like do you take her uh, input serious and stuff mm-hmm. like that? I know exactly the post you're talking about. It's yeah, like, do you like, argue for no reason just to say no, mm-hmm. or do you let them have their opinion? Yeah, yeah. I saw many women reposting that, and I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, because we all know. <laughs> <laughs> and one or two people actually commented. I reposted it, and. Okay. One or two people commented. The The thing was, like, if men agree with me, they'll still try to argue with me. Even if they agree, they have to say it in a way that's, like, an argument. And people did that on my post. They, like, thought they were being nice and they were arguing still. And I was Dang. like, I just. <laughs> the life of a woman. <laughs> like, that's crazy. And it, I don't use that as a crutch. Yeah. I'm not like, I didn't get this because I'm a lady because people don't, yeah. you know, whatever. But it. It's something that's very real and definitely affects people. Like yeah. I've heard Louise talk about before. She's like, I'm a serious musician and she's full time. And mm-hmm. she's like, I have to kind of fight for stuff because people will probably try to offer her less than they'd offer a guy band. Yeah. yeah. You know? I, I think that that is something that I've always tried to, I guess, take serious as the. A, a great way to say it just because like I hate for people to work for something and want something really bad and then people not take them serious like that's why I try to treat independent artists more than I better than I treat like people who have uh, built up a lot of success and you know quote unquote made it because I'm like you you're there like there's they have the who, support system yeah <laughs> you everybody is you know talking you up and stuff like that like there's people who actually need the help and so mm-hmm. that's why like for females in general are you saying I need help <laughs> I'm <just> <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a woman but like I feel like I don't I don't feel like I treat women in a in an aspect of like it's not like condescending, like, oh, you need extra help. Yes, yeah. Just like on equal playing field. Yeah, yeah I want yeah. you to know that I consider you just as much mm-hmm. as like a man or anything. Like you're all even. And there's like the joke of women don't want to be treated equal. You want to be treated better. But like. It's e- like that's not true. It's just like. Like I was saying, I think a lot of that sort of stuff will be micro sort of aggressions too, where people are like, men will talk to each other and you're trying to enter the conversation and they won't even look in your direction Mm. or they talk right over you and it's like, or they'll say the same things that you just said and people are like, oh yeah, (laughs) what a novel concept, you know? So it's a lot of stuff like that or like taking something more seriously or thinking it's cooler because a guy did it when yeah. it's a lady did a similar thing. Mm. Like I was saying earlier, I recorded with my friend Kathy. It was really cool of her because she like proactively, she knows musicians that can do what we were doing that are guys, but she got an all girl group together mm. to record on this song and she paid us and she was really sweet. She fed us. Like she took care of us. wasn't just like asking for favors from friends. Yeah. 
which is okay to do, but you know, it's nice to respect people's time and yeah, efforts. Yeah. And it was really cool to hear like a really badass song. It was all women. Like, and not just because it was all women, but it was cool that we were all working together on something. And if you listen to it, you couldn't tell that it was all ladies because yeah. we're all just playing instruments, you know? That's a beautiful thing. I mean, that's great that, you know, you, you got that done, but even better, like, as you said, if you were listening, what did it matter? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what did it matter that it was all women? It's a, it, it was great music. That's what the end product yeah. was, great music. So, Well, so much of entertainment, especially music, is the image, even though you can't see anything when you're listening to it. So much of it is the image we're trying to portray. Yeah. So th- that does factor into it. But, I mean, there's a lot of socio-political, economic things that yeah. go into everything. But I know we don't have time to, like, have a political science <laughs> class on music right now. But Talking about image, let's go into, like, social media and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about what you need to do on there, how you need to portray yourself, how often, all that kind of stuff. There's so many, like, veins of thought on that. Like, (laughs) man, people are like, you have to post every day. Okay, no, don't post every day because then you'll wear people out. Okay, you got to post something, even if it doesn't matter if it's not related to music. Oh, no, you can only post about (laughs) shows. It's like there's all over the place. Yeah. So I just kind of do what feels right. Mm. If we have a show, I try to post about it. Um, We've been better about making events on Facebook now. So you create an event for the show that you're doing? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I'll have friends say, oh, I didn't know it was happening because the algorithm didn't show me. Do you invite people or do you Mm -hmm. just kind of, okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of like footwork that goes into that where, like you said, you have to create an image that people like, but also just to have your name out there. like. We don't have things like we did years ago where there's just like a wall of flyers we all look at to know what we're going to go do. Yeah. Like there's not, I don't know, it's, there's word of mouth is still a big part of it too though. Like that's, Mm. I think the best marketing is word of mouth and it doesn't matter what industry you're in. It could be restaurants, it could be music. Like if someone vouches for you, that's the biggest thing you can do. So like the best thing to do is just have quality music but i enjoy posting pictures of the shows and making puns or whatever Mm. like it's fun for me to do the marketing on social media so i don't mind doing that i think we as people have become lazy when it comes to searching for things to do because we can do it whenever we want to like we that access to it is so easy it's like why it's put do in I, our face, yeah. Yeah, like why do I need to go searching for something to do? Like when I feel like doing something, then I'll go search for things to do. But as you said, like, you know, the whole flyers and posters and stuff, people used to get out and, and go places to find out something to do, but now we don't need to do that. Yeah, we have our EP release this Friday, mm. and <laughs> I made posters. So I made like the flyer for online. Okay. But I printed out posters and I put them up in some bars and like sandwich shops and stuff. I was like, I want physical posters because I've never done that. Nice. That's a thing I just did this past week and it felt kind of fun, honestly. Like it was still like work. I had to like drive around and like tape them up and stuff. But it was kind of a nice feeling to be like, yeah, I'm like doing physical marketing for this show. That's kind of cool. Do you feel lame doing it or you feel like... 
like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I think some no, people, I think it's cool. I have okay. like a physical piece of myself out there, which is really neat. Like, yeah. um, man, I'm not gonna lie, the flyer got a little distorted, so it wasn't as perfect mm. as I'd hope it'd be. But it's still really cool to. It feels kind of nostalgic. It feels nice to have like a physical paper that I can keep and be like, hey, like I did this. Yeah, yeah. I made this. I went and I put it up. The show happened. And so it's all sorts of memories in this one little like piece of paper. Yeah. Because, I mean, we've seen NFTs aren't really going anywhere. That's not working. (laughs) So like it's cool to, you know, like putting out a post and getting likes on it is nice, but it's out there on the interwebs. Like it's nice to have something I can look at and keep in in my little, you know, box of memories or whatever and say like, that's something that we did and have something attached to a physical memory. Yeah. Having like doing the legwork into your music career and the marketing behind it Mm -hmm. is absolutely crucial because if, just the people who like it wasn't like all humans left the earth and then you went and posted your post like people saw you doing that so they probably built a little bit of respect if like they saw the poster after you put it up they probably built some respect for you because they're like oh she's she's actually out here putting up her own poster she didn't get somebody else to do this like she's doing it well even online i think that's why a lot of my friends have come up to me and said wow look at you doing your music that's awesome because mm. they're like look i see you like posting about it i see you recording i see you playing all these shows and it's nice to be recognized for that for yeah. sure to not just be like eh, i'm out here doing it i guess like they can tell i'm working really hard at it yeah so. i think sometimes um people's I guess their end game or like their their goal of where they want to be in music I think that kind of gets in the way of people's perception of how serious they need to take you so if if you just want to be a garage band type of band then people might not want to take you as serious but yeah, they, even if they're an amazing band that puts on a great show yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah there's this weird idea of like I started two years ago, so I was two and a half. I was like 25, 26. Mm -hmm. And I was like, first of all, thinking about sexism. I was like, I'm not getting any younger. And unfortunately, whether you're a man or a woman or like any gender, people don't take you seriously. And you're starting out when you're older. Like Mm. there's a serious ageism issue. So I was like, first of all, that sexism and ageism. Second of all, I don't like have friends in this right now. Like I need Mm. to like really start doing this because if I don't have a leg in the door at all, like leg in the door, foot in the door, (laughs) I want the whole leg in (laughs) the door. (laughs) Um, It's just like, I don't know. I don't know how I started talking about that, but I think it was just like thinking about how serious you are. My thought process. Okay. All right. I'm coming back around. I get it now what I was talking about. Um, I was thinking if I really want to do this in a way that's viable, like I want to be with a record deal or something, they're mm-hmm. going to hire someone who's 45, who's yeah. starting out. They're like, okay, what are you bringing? We're trying to get the kids into it, yeah. you know? We want this to be cool. We want this to sell. So, like, if they don't think you're cool, they don't care. And yeah. it doesn't matter how serious you are about it. They're going to be like, we don't take you seriously because why are you starting just now? Yeah. You know? 
they feel like you waited since you waited too long, you must not be that serious. Yeah. There's like all sorts of weird, I think, preconceived notions. Like you said, like you aren't serious enough about it, so you must not be a good band or you don't care. You're too old. Like you're not good looking enough. You're not cool enough. Like there's all these weird things that go into it where sometimes you look at people from the 60s and 70s and you're like, they could never be yeah. famous today because they aren't objectively good looking to like most people. Mm. I'm like, but they are an amazing talent. What does it matter? And yeah. also we found out as of recently when you strip away beauty standards, everybody likes all sorts of things. Like you don't have to look like, I don't know, Ariana Grande to be good at what you do, yeah, you yeah. know, even though she is beautiful. There's a, um, God, there was like this funny meme I saw a while back, and it was like two random white guys could walk up to me and tell me they're the chain smokers, and I could believe them. And yeah. I was, and I was like, yeah, one thousand percent true because I hadn't like back then. I well, I, I'd seen. Uh, I would definitely not know what they look like <laughs> if they walked up to me. And honestly, I don't even know. I still haven't done my research. I don't know if it's one guy or more than one because... Man, that's such a good question. I really don't know. <laughs> so, uh, what was it? I think I was watching a concert. It was on YouTube. And it was that song, um, So Baby, Pull Me yeah, Close. that was the first song I thought about too. It was one guy singing it, and then the girl that's in the song came on stage. Mm -hmm. And that's the only two people I saw. So I'm like, hold on. Is the chain smokers like a DJ and one guy, or is it just this one guy? I don't know. Yeah. So that actually brings up an interesting point of sexism too, where if there's like a lady, we need to know what she looks like and she needs to be sexy. Oh yeah. You know, if it's a guy, it could be two random dudes. Who cares? And who knows? <laughs> like what's we don't the, need to know what they look like. Who what's cares? the the group that had the the head? Daft Punk? Yeah, Daft Punk. Who yeah. cares what they look like? They wear masks. <laughs> because they because people care more about their talent. Yeah. They don't objectify them in the same way. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, rock stars are known to like be good looking too. And like that's why the Beatles and Elvis got so famous and all of them. But also they aren't objectified in the same way. Yeah. Like literally, like you said, you could put like a plastic bag over someone's head, like a paper bag, and like They'd be like, oh, that's so artsy. That's so cool. The closest I've seen anybody get to that is Sia. She has okay. that wig that goes over her face. Mm, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, she's not as famous because people don't know what she looks like. And I think that's actually a big barrier. Yeah. Billie Eilish wears baggy clothes on purpose and only just now started not doing that because she was so young that people were, like, sexually objectifying her. And she mm. was like, first of all, gross. Second of all, I want you to pay attention to my music and yeah. not just what my body looks like. So that's actually, like, a really good point when you brought up the chain smokers. Yeah. Um, and then the, the the horrible thing happened of Adele, where she was a big girl, mm -hmm. a really big girl, and then lost weight. And people were, like, upset that she lost weight. Yeah. And I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> she, she, she can do whatever she wants. If she wants to stay big, okay. Yeah. If she wants to lose weight, okay. Her voice sounds exactly the same, y'all. <laughs> and she's still funny and she's still a good entertainer and like still a great person. It's not like she yeah. lost weight and thought she looked great and became a douchebag. I I've seen a few memes out there say like she was always pretty. You were just fat phobic. Like she <laughs> like her face is not different. Like she just lost weight. Like oh she's the same person. Yeah. 
Like, why is her weight matter so much? Yeah. I don't know. Like, as you were saying, like, there's the sexism aspect of it where people just think, you know, you need to have, when I say sexism, I'm actually thinking more of just like the the sexiness of it. Yeah. People want you to show them, you know, a good looking version of you. Like, no matter what guy or girl, they're going to try to make you, as the phrase says, sex sells. Like, they want you to sell your body, your image as just as much, if not more than your music. Because if your music mm-hmm. starts to dwell, uh, like dwindle, Hey, they still got that image of you that they right. can sell. So, I mean like, and it's subconscious all the time. Like that's in any profession, but I think especially entertainment, like yeah. I still like want to wear makeup and dress nice on stage like, I shouldn't have to do that. Guys go up there in, like, a dirty T-shirt and jeans. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, like, yeah. they don't have to try at all. And people are like, oh, man, look at him. He's so cool. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, okay, I need to wear heels and, like, nice pants. And I'm going to wear this flowy <laughs> shirt and do my makeup in here. I've gotten away from that some. I've okay. gotten a little bit better. But it's – once that's ingrained in you, it's really hard mm. to get out. So that's why I like talking about it, to put it out there for people to – Remember, because we may all know it, but like if we don't talk about it, then no one's going to care yeah. or do anything about yeah. it. Do you shift that into your everyday life as well as far as like, you know, dressing up every day? Because when you're telling somebody, let's say you decide to wear baggy clothes and then like you're around some people and you, you have to be like, oh, I uh, I do music. You know, I'm, <laughs> I, think, I don't you know I, mean? I don't think that's necessary for that, but like at work for for sure like I definitely try to look nicer but for a long time when I was younger I would not leave the house without a full face of makeup mm. I was like I'm ugly and this and that because we've all been told we are by yeah. all of the TV shows and magazines and everything like the news reports on people's appearances you know yeah. so it's almost an everyday thing for a lot of women. I think men too. But um, yeah, no, I'm not as much like that anymore. But it took a lot of unlearning. So when you are posting stuff, uh, going back to social media aspect, of, so when you're posting stuff and you are trying to portray an image, like what, what are you trying to portray? Like this, um, a cool band or are you trying to portray right. like uh your your personal life like what what do you want people to to get out of you well on the band page oak walker music that's like oak walker that is mm-hmm. the band we definitely try to post candid pictures okay uh we try to post a lot of pictures of us playing because that's what we care about you know um on my personal page i do too but also i have like a lot of photographer friends who I work with. So I post a lot of stuff like that too. Mm. So in those pictures, I'm like all dolled up and doing artsy poses and stuff. And that's fine too. Like I like dressing up and being sexy. Like that's fine, you know, and it's nice to have that content put out there because unfortunately sometimes that does pull people in and then you can talk about music sadly. But also I post pictures of myself without makeup all the time and Mm. videos of the shows and, you know, so it's, I'd like to portray myself as a complete person. (laughs) Um, 
I try not to curate it too much. Like I post show flyers, my dogs, memes, selfies, you know, just whatever I feel like doing. But I do want to focus on music. So my name on Instagram is Victoria Music or Miss Victoria Music because mm. I do really want it to be about music at the end of the day. Okay. Yeah, I, I think there's something to it for artists to post about their actual life because, mm-hmm. as I said, people want to feel like they know you. Like, they want to feel like they're in your life. So if you can, without trying to give away too much, post that kind of stuff where yeah. you're just doing normal, everyday things – because then people are going, oh, they're just, you know, they're just a normal person. Or, like, if, let's say you go to some store, like, you know, you post that you were here. Like, people are like, oh, I've seen that place. You know, I, I've driven mm-hmm. by that. They feel that connection. And so that's going to make them feel more connected to you and probably want to listen to your music and do stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. I actually ended up merging my music and personal page. So it's kind of, like I was saying, it's kind of a mix of both of those. So that works out. Yeah, if you if you do that to an extent, like some people are going to be like, ah, oh, you know, she's posting about this, and that's I just want to see her music stuff. Or other people, you know, they want to just see everything. So mm-hmm. it's it's a win win for those people, but for other people, you know, who knows? You know, it's it's you can't please everybody. That's in, true. In that, in the industry, well, that's so. the thing when I was saying earlier, like. Post every day. Don't post yeah, yeah. except for once a month. <laughs> Keep them wanting more. You know, it's like yeah. you just have to do what you think works and what you like doing because there's so many ways to do it. Yeah. So there's the aspect of um, the music business that, you know, I'm in the music business that I want to talk to you about. So when it comes to uh, like the marketing and as you said, uh, if I w- you want to sign with a, a label and that kind of stuff, like do you, or in touring and stuff like that, do you actually like dealing with that kind of stuff? Do you like the entrepreneurial aspect of it? Or you're like, oh, I can't wait to just get somebody to do this stuff for me. I do like it, but I think that it's something I'm still learning how to do. Mm. So it's frustrating sometimes because I'm not, always sure Mm. i do the distribution for us so i'd go through cd baby okay and that puts it out on all streaming platforms Uh, you can do like tiktok that way too can use the music on like instagram facebook stories which is nice so that's nice like that's pretty consolidated i know i need to get this size photo for the album art i know i need this like 16 kilohertz or whatever for the song like i know all that and I know the people I'm booking with in Memphis a lot of the time. Um, I know, like, posting flyers and all of that. But we haven't really toured much. We've played in surrounding cities like Jackson, Tennessee, Jackson, Mississippi, Jonesboro, Arkansas, Horseshoe Lake, Arkansas. But we haven't done, like, a big tour. Mm. So that's something that we actually thought about doing later this summer. Not big tour, but, like, different states, yeah, you yeah. know. Outside of the Mid South, but that's something that we haven't really done yet. Okay. So it's not that I'd love to hand it off, although it's nice when other people do your work for you. But um, I do want to learn how to do a lot of that stuff myself because I like to kind of know what's going on so that if mm. someone else does do it, I can be like, hey, why are we doing it that yeah. way? Why didn't we do it this way? Because you don't want to give away too much control of it as yeah. an artist. Uh, what do you got 
coming up next? Like, what are you, what are you working on? Yeah. So we're releasing our Sun EP this Friday, July 1st. And we already have two singles out from that. So it'll be the other two songs that'll be new. Okay. It's called Oak Walker. You know, that's fitting. Um, I have a few solo things that I'm working on, but that won't be for a while that it'll come out. And we do have a song that we recorded with Oak Walker recently that we're going to see if maybe we can get on an album for mm. next year. That would be really cool. If okay. not, we'll release it as a single in the fall. Gotcha. Okay. Um, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Give Sounds everybody good. your your info, how they can reach you, how they can see your stuff, all that good stuff. We are at Oak Walker Music on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and on all the streaming platforms. It's just Oak Walker. O-A-K-W-A-L-K-E-R. And then uh, my songs are under Victoria Dowdy, and I really just have one out right now. So <laughs> that is called Practice What I Preach. I did that with Keegan Peluso, actually engineered that. And my handle is Miss Victoria Music. Awesome. Thank you so much for, for coming and doing Thank this. Thank you for having me. It was great to have you on. It, so... I what I've been doing is I've been having like the podcast um so I have this in-person podcast and then I have a separate virtual podcast. Oh. So the virtual is just on YouTube. That's it. And so reason why I separated them is number one audio quality, like mm -hmm. it's not as great doing the virtual and um the guest is like completely different because like I can grab Literally anybody, like anybody could be virtual. So right. this is usually, as I said, like Memphis people. So it's all usually local people. I, I haven't set it up to where like this podcast is about Memphis people. It's just whoever is in the area, mm -hmm. I have them on. Um, but anyways, I said a lot to say this. I am backed up with podcasts that I, ha I have a good bit. So I'm slowly releasing them. I try okay. to do like one a week. And it's killing me that you're saying dates. Because, <laughs> I know. Like, I was yeah. like, I don't know when this releases. But. Yeah, it sucks. Because like I've had, put it this way, I put out two podcasts last, when I say last week, I mean like a few days ago. And like this past weekend. And I did those podcasts, those virtual podcasts. It was that section. I did those podcasts in March. Yeah. So, yeah. But hey, people can feel free to listen to our music when this comes out too. <laughs> the the in person podcast, which I could probably just take the snippet and then post it and then post the podcast later. I should have did that with freaking uh, had on what is her name? Um, dang, I can't think of her name. Anyways, I had on a she does art and oh, cool. she had like a um, a photo shoot type thing and Erica Haskett. That's her okay. name. Um, and she like, oh, these are the dates I'm doing this. I'm like, mm, I don't know if I'm going to release <laughs> that sucks. But, um, yeah. So anyways, when I release it, I'll let you know. I always post like a, like a snippet of the, the podcast. Like I just take like some, when you were on a roll of saying some cool things, I just like kind of take that like a one minute clip and that's what I post. But it's smart. Awesome. All right. But cool. again, thank you for coming on. Yeah, uh, thank it's, you. It's great having you. And uh, thank you for everybody for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Bye.